Hello and welcome to the NFL Preview Show, powered by Odds Checker. Finally, the threesome is is united. Yes. Tom Julian, Ben McClymont, Coach Jeff Reinbold. Jeff, I know you've been here for the last couple of weeks, but it is a pleasure to sit down with you. For me, personally, it's been a long time. Yeah, it has been a long time. You know, it's amazing uh, what fatherhood can do. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you very, very tired. Is, is, that's what it does. Yeah, I've been away uh, uh Having a baby, well, not physically. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you very much. I've lost all the Didn't weight. Did your wife have something to do with yeah, yeah, she was pretty <laughs> instrumental in it. Uh, but that means that for the last couple of weeks, I've had to, had to be away from, from the NFL preview show. But Ben, you've been holding the fort. I've been riding solo. A few of my own tips have been going out. You're welcome for those. And me and Jeff have been doing a couple of uh, little videos. But it's good to have Tom back as well. Now we've got... Like the olden days. Yeah. Very much chatting. Except we haven't got any wine. We need to work on yeah, the wine we'll situation. Get that <laughs> uh, so, Jeff, you've been over now for a couple of weeks, is that mm-hmm. right? You came over before Thanksgiving. Feel good to be back? Feels great to be back. You know, it's amazing. Every time you come over here, it's a reaffirmation of just how knowledgeable the fan base is here, how interested, <laughs> how passionate they are about the game. Bucky Brooks is over now from NFL Network. Bucks was a player in the league and a scout in the league. And we were talking on the way back from the game uh, in the car. He was surprised about you know just the level of fan interest and the, and the passion and knowledge of the fans over here. Yeah, well, that's it. And we're trying to bring Ben, uh, we're trying to supplement that knowledge. A couple of decent odds. Hopefully everyone can make a little bit of money, right? Hopefully. That's the plan. Um, so the biggest talking point, I think, this week, Jeff, and we'll get straight into it mm-hmm. with you as, as a coach, Mike McCarthy, uh, coach of the Green Bay Packers, no more. He got fired after the 2017 loss to the Arizona Cardinals. The right time? Well, I think when you, when you evaluate it, there's two ways to look at it. Number one, from a coach's standpoint, you say, how can a guy who's won over 60% of his games, who's taken a team to a, and won a Super Bowl, and has been competitive in every season, whether his quarterback was with him or not with him, hurt, injuries, the bad defense, all the things they've been through in Green Bay, how can he not have the opportunity to finish the season? Because everybody knows the Packers now are out of the playoffs. But the decency to let him finish the season, I think from a, from an organizational standpoint, obviously there was clamor for change, and this also does put him as the lead dog now in the sweepstakes that is going to happen when they start looking at potential head coaches. Mm. Yeah, definitely. We said nine nine playoffs in 13 years. He probably should have lasted a season. But do you think it was his time? Is his, his maybe scheming slightly outdated? Well, I think that's the, that's what everybody talks about now is the simplicity of the offense and, and that they haven't evolved. They've never gone to the level that we see now with all the motion and, the, and you know the, the, all the... RPOs and all of the stuff that's come into the game in the last five or six years. But I think what's, what's to be real honest with you, I think there's a general sense out there that everybody's looking for the next Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. And what people have to understand is Sean McVay is a huge outlier. Yeah. I mean, he is so, so rare. And he's been so well prepared because his grandfather was, you know, a general manager in the NFL. His, he grew up around the game. He, you know, he, he just has a background that very, very, very few people possess. Plus the fact he's incredibly intelligent, and you know all the other positive factors that he brings to the table. He's a rare guy. I don't think you're going to find. And I know this is what all the owners want right now, but it's going to be very difficult to find that guy. Yeah, I think like Shanahan coming in and Matt Nagy, both two really young coaches who have almost, well, 
Shanahan not quite yet, but they seem to be turning the franchise around. So everyone is looking for that guy, aren't they? Even if it's not McVay, they think there might be someone else. Well, that's like, again, and, and it's typical of the league because, you know, there's that old saying of offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. Well, now offense not only sells tickets, but you have to be able to score if you're going to yeah. win a championship. So I think there's going to be a, a number of guys. John D. Filippo is one guy. You know, I, Josh McDaniels obviously <laughs> will get another chance real soon. Uh, I, there, I think there's some other guys looming out there. Uh, but it's a limited pool. It's a small pool. So for this, now the Packers jump ahead in the sweepstakes. Whether they may think about going into college for a guy, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Well, the Packers, uh, not mathematically out of the playoffs just yet, Jeff. They're 4-7-1 <laughs> record, and uh, you can get them at 500-1 to one to still win the Super Bowl. Wouldn't a, touch it. <laughs> not, a <pound. laughs> not even with your money. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough, because I don't have any. It's all gone on nappies. Let me tell you that. Um, Ben, do you think uh, that Mike McCarthy, he gets another job in the NFL? I think he's looking favourite for the Browns. If you look at what the Browns need, they probably need a rebuild, need someone to come in who's done it before. Maybe look for that young offensive guy, but I think they're more looking for someone solid to kind of start again. They've got some good pieces there, a good young quarterback, so maybe he goes in there and starts afresh. Yeah, well, he has got a Super Bowl uh, under his belt, three NFC Championship uh, losses as well, and like you said, a, a number of playoff appearances. You know, it's interesting about what you're talking about, Ben. If you trace the roots, right, it all goes back to a guy by the name of Ron Wolf, who was the general manager of the Packers, and John Dorsey comes from that Ron Wolf that school. So there's a Packer vein in this whole yeah. deal. So that would add some credence to what you're talking about. What about? Aaron Rodgers and player power now, Jeff. Obviously, Rodgers is in the twilight of his career, but he's still vastly superior to many other quarterbacks, still can lead a team to a championship. How much is he going to affect the new hire? Well, you know, there was an awful lot made of that and how he his relationship with Mike had gotten strained over time and that, you know, you talk to guys that played there and have been with him. He has an awful lot, much like Peyton Manning did at, the, at this point in his career. He has an awful lot of say in terms of what they do and how they do it. And uh, So, again, whoever gets that job is going to have to be able to coexist with Aaron Rodgers. The reality of the situation, as you look at it, is when you go back to when they won that Super Bowl and you know James Jones and Donald Driver and you know all the great players that they had, they had weapons. Well, slowly but surely, those weapons have kind of just fallen off in Green Bay, and they haven't been able to replace those guys. Jermichael Finley was the tight end at that time, and you know they, they had a ton of good players. Now it's all become dependent upon Aaron Rodgers, and you know defensively they've never been uh, you know a top five team. So I think there's a lot of work to be done in Green Bay. Yeah, it's a very interesting time in transition. <laughs> For the Packers. Now, let's move on to someone else, Ben, who doesn't have a job anymore. Kareem Hunt, yes. cut by the Kansas City Chiefs after a video emerged of Hunt um, uh, punching and kicking a woman in a hotel in Cleveland, uh, believed to be back in February. There's further allegations about Hunt as well, so the Chiefs have said, no, thank you. Good decision, obviously, by the Chiefs, but how does this affect them on the field? Yeah, I think that's the number one thing. It is a very good decision. It's the right thing to do, especially in the, cl in the climate with a few other players around the league as well. Yeah. Um, but he's a big player for them. He's top five in the rushing yards. He had loads of touchdowns. He offers stuff at the back, uh, a lot of runs at the backfield as well. 
Now they're on Spencer Ware, and I think they've pulled off Chikandrick West. West, West from the, comeback. Yeah, yeah, from the from free agency. So they're really fishing around for some players now, and that's a big hole that's left them. I guess West knows the offense because he's been in in Kansas City before, Jeff. So he's familiar with the system. But that's quite a drop off, isn't it? If we're talking about quality alone. Well, I think we're going to really find out now about how much this system, how much of it's the system, and how much of it is the players. Because one of the things that's prevalent in the NFL right now is everybody says, well, we need to run the Chiefs' offense. We need to run the Rams' offense. Well, is it the offense or is it the players in the offense? And I think if Spencer Ware steps in there and he can fill the hole, much like James Conner did when Le'Veon Bell was hurt, uh, I think that uh, or (coughs) Le'Veon Bell decided not to play, I think that that'll tell an awful lot about whether it's system or whether it's players. It's a, it's a massive job, isn't it? And I kind of feel a bit sorry for head coach Andy Reid because I feel like he's, he, he never quite gets he's to the ball. He's waited for this when it's all come together, all the pieces are there. and then This is a dream ticket for him. And, and yet Kareem Hunt is very much threatening to derail that. Well, you know, again, it's whether a guy makes a mistake off the field, and he certainly made a mistake off the field, and I think he magnified that mistake when he lied to the to his own organization. Yeah. They asked him numerous times about the incident, and he continued to say that it didn't happen, and you know, and then TMZ comes up with film of the thing, and so now there's no more. No. You can't deny it any longer. Mm. So I think that he got put in a really, he put the Chiefs in a really difficult situation where they, their hands were tied. You know, and they also, you know, Tyreek Hill has, has a history of this yeah. kind of stuff going all the way back to his days in college. Mm-hmm. And they took a major, major gamble on Tyreek. And so they're very sensitive to these kinds of issues. It's interesting, Ben. Um, not totally surprising, but in years gone by, uh, Hunt may have, may have, not gone right the way through waivers. He hasn't been claimed yeah. so far. That kind of shows you the 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 mood right now in the NFL. Um, it's a, it's going to be a big one for the Chiefs. They've got to prove themselves. They go. Uh, they they entertain the Ravens this weekend. Do you think they have got enough to do it? Yeah, easy. I think the Chiefs are going to win. You don't think they drop? You off don't think it's going to be easy? I don't really? think it'll be easy. I think they're going to win though. I can't see them losing to the Ravens. I think it's too early for Lamar Jackson in his. In his development, yeah. yeah. I think he's going to have to stand he's going to have to throw the ball. He looks really good running. He's got a couple of hundred yards each week. I mean, he's going to need to blow the top off like 300 yards. The Chiefs are 6-1 to one still to win the Super Bowl, 9-4 to four to win the AFC as well. So uh, the odds makers still, still fancy, fancy the Chiefs to, to, to make it. Uh, like the Ravens though this week? I, I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I think it's going to be a close game. I do too. You know, I tell you what, Wink Martindale and that defense in Baltimore are yeah, extremely good. You know, that was a high-flying Falcon offense that they held the what, 150 yards, lowest, lowest total all year, yep. by a long shot. So don't underestimate <laughs> that, that, Raven, that Raven defense. It'll be an interesting one between, uh, between the Raven quarterback. It's not quite a battle between Jackson and Flacco, but there does seem to be some underlying, uh, not necessarily confusion, but maybe some tension. Well, I think there's no question about that. I think when we saw earlier in the year when they tried to play the two of them at the same time, you know, there's a lot of ways to make your statement. And sometimes you can make your statement without saying a single word. And when Joe Flacco went out there and lined up at wide receiver yeah. in that stance and not didn't even move mm. when the play was called, 
that's very, very, I mean, that's an awful lot being said right there to the coaches in Baltimore. I oh, like Andrew Luck when he lined up at wide receiver. Did you see him at wide receiver? Yeah, yeah, Took yeah. a high pass. Yeah, they better not. They, <laughs> they finally found a way to protect him. He's not getting splattered every time he goes back and passing out there throwing yeah. hospital balls out there too. So maybe it's best if you're a quarterback going out, just pretend you're not really, it's not happening. Keep, keep your keep way. Keep safe. Keep safe, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about week 13 before we get into the week 14 games then, Ben. Uh, which one's took your eye which one's me and Jeff last week we talked a lot about the Steelers charge we thought mm. that would be a big matchup and it proved to be the Chargers ousted the Steelers 23-7 up at half time the Steelers were the Chargers turned it back Philip Rivers had a big game 299 yards and two touchdowns and Keen Allen had 14 receptions for 148 Jeff how do you feel about the Chargers they, they seem to be a team always that are kind of under the radar but now they're making a real charge I think I've underrated them I really, I really have because yeah. you go into that game and they're down <laughs> by 16 on the road in Pittsburgh and that should be I mean that should be a game set match deal right there and they find a way to come back they return a punt long punt for a touchdown you know Philip Rivers is just going to keep throwing until there's no more yeah. you know no more bullets in the gun but I, I you know what on the other side of it, I look at it go Pittsburgh are you kidding me I mean you've let now Baltimore back in the divisional race mm-hmm. you have a chance to make a statement at home you're up by 16 at halftime and you can't close I think it scares me as much about the Steelers as anything else. And I'm going to say this. They are an underperforming football team for all of the talent that they have. And and I'm not – I guess I am being critical of Mike Tomlin, but you got all those first-rounders on defense. You got all those weapons on offense. And you have a chance to win a game, a statement game in your own park and you can't finish after being up 16, that's not good. This is exactly what I was going to say to you, Ben, in the Steelers are quality. They're, they're, they're quality beyond their means, and yet there's no consistency there. No. You know, we're not, we're not, the Steelers should be dominating in the AFC, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're such well, a good Well, that's what they did first half. It was a great first half. Yeah. Antonio Brown, who has been quiet for a few weeks, had a big half. Um, Smith-Houston's always having big halves, and James Conner banged in a couple of touchdowns. It looked like it was done, and... 23-7 up at half-time. The Steelers are 174-0-1 when up that much at half-time at home. Wow. That's quite a stat. So they've never done that before. They've never thrown a lead like that at home. My goodness, that's a stat. Thank you. It's obviously not mine. but <laughs> You from... went through every game. Yeah. Very committed to it. What other games took your fancy uh, this week? Obviously the early game, the Cowboys and the Saints. Cowboys throwing a little bit of a spanner in the works there. Um, for New Orleans and, and their pursuit of the NFC, the Cowboys are a bit of a bit of a wild card as well. I, I think the Cowboys are better than people think they are, particularly on defense. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know they they challenge. I think what they may have provided for the rest of the league is a blueprint blueprint rather on how you can get after New Orleans. You've got to play man to man. You've got to challenge those receivers outside. If you play zone, Breezel cut you to ribbons mm-hmm. but if you play man and you force those receivers to beat you one-on-one because again let's look at the number of touchdowns he's thrown to guys that weren't drafted players yeah. guys that couldn't even you'd have to have the program to know who the guy is well there's a reason for that usually he's not quite good enough and so you know I think that's going to be the thing that you're going to see people start to do and the Cowboys did it and did it extremely well yeah, do you think if you take away Michael Thomas, like you're saying, Breeze makes these guys look good, but can they get open against one-on-one receivers if you have if you take Michael Thomas out of the game? Okay, so let's say you just want to bring five. You're going to bring five-man pressure, which I think you need to, because you got to pressure Breeze. Yeah. 
Well, you still can roll the safety over the top of Michael Thomas. Now, who else is going to beat you one-on-one enough times to win a football game? And that's what they're going to have to come up with that person. Maybe it's Kamara against the linebacker, some kind of way. But people are going to now see what Dallas did, which is exactly that. Roll the safety over Michael Thomas, bang Michael Thomas every down, and then make somebody else win one-on-one battles. It makes it very, very interesting, Ben, in the NFC East. Cowboys now uh, atop the East, but it's very close with the the Eagles, and those two play each other this weekend, so that's that's an exciting one. Cowboys 25-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Still an outside shot. Do you fancy them at all? No, not yet. I think Prescott looks a lot better with Amari Cooper. He's definitely made a difference. And people like Cole Beasley now are getting more open as well because obviously 2-1 and one on Cole Beasley was not helping anyone. So I think the can, we were talking about a lot about Leighton Van der Rush last week and he had another big game, didn't yeah. he? So I think they're, they're still a year off. Like Prescott's a year off. Elliot looks fantastic. Leighton Van der Esch building. If they get Leighton Van der Esch and Sean Lee in the team at the same time, that would be good to see. Yeah, and that, my question always with the Cowboys is... Is Dak good enough to win the game from the pocket if he has to throw it 50 times to do it? Now, he was 24, I think, 24 or 28 in that game the other day. Yeah. And a, but a lot of it was screens, checkdowns, those, type, those types of throws. My question would be, and the reason I would say you've got to prove it to me yet down the stretch, is outdoors in bad weather, can yeah. you drop back and win? Because, again, people are going to do the same thing to them. They're going to push the safety over Amari Cooper, and they're going to say, okay, Cole Beasley one-on-one, that's your best. That's the best you got. We'll take our chances there. Yeah, I think Michael Gallup is turning into a bit of a player as well. He was 5 for 76 in this game. He's somebody who can blow the top off, which they definitely which they have not had in a long have. time. So. That would really help him, yeah. Benny, if, if he can establish himself yeah. as a player. Tight end, they're struggling now. I think they're going to win the division. I think they've yeah, got I an, an open road to the division, if, particularly if they can beat the Eagles this weekend. That's it. This one is massive. So let's turn our attention to week 14 then, gentlemen. It is getting very close to playoff time. Ben, we're in December now, so these games really matter though. They do, they mean something now. <laughs> As if week three doesn't mean no. anything, because if you lose that one, it just doesn't count. Um, all right, so let's look at the first game on Sky. It's the Baltimore Ravens at the Kansas City Chiefs. 6 p.m. Sky Sports action. Uh, Jeff, you'll be, uh, you'll be in the studio, you'll mm-hmm. be watching this game uh, attentively. What are you looking out for from both Well, teams? I think this one's a really interesting matchup because Don Martindale's defense in, in Baltimore is outstanding. And they took a Falcons offense, which has been very good all year, mm-hmm. and just held them almost in check. I mean, under 150 yards total offense, and, and they won a, won a game that they shouldn't have won, frankly, based upon what their offensive production was. I just think that the Chiefs are certainly as good or better than the Falcons are on offense, but I think it's going to be a, a real close game. This this Lamar Jackson kid, he, he's exciting, and I'm going to tell you something, his teammates believe in him, and so I think the Chiefs will win, but I think it's going to be a close win. Yeah, Lamar Jackson carried the ball 54 times for 265 yards and two touchdowns in his three starts, Ben, so far. For a quarterback, is that sustainable, or like is he playing with fire a little bit? I think it's sustainable when he um, slides, yeah. but he doesn't <laughs> like to slide. No, he likes to go head first. So he's quite a slight frame. If he's going to go head first, trying to knock people over, that's when he might come into. You know, he was a guy that in college, he, three, he played three years of college football, started thirty-eight games, I think it was, scored fifty rushing touchdowns yeah. as a college quarterback, and threw for another sixty-some, but. 
you know, it's like you say, Benny, it's a whole different level of cat that's hitting you when you're, yeah, when you're dealing with these NFL guys. Well, the, the Ravens are currently, um, uh, well, they still have an opportunity, right, to win the AFC yep. North. They're just a game behind Pittsburgh. Um, and Ben, do you fancy the Ravens to, to leapfrog the Steelers with what we've seen so far? No, I think this game will set them back. And then I think if the Steelers are at the Raiders, I think if they go and win that and they're two games ahead, I think that would be enough for them. Mm. The Ravens this game, 14-5, to five, big outsiders on the road. But like Jeff said, maybe a close game. Chiefs won to 13 points. The winning points might be at 7-5. That might happen. They could, they could stick close to the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs are 4-11 to 11 straight up. And uh, Jeff, they haven't lost a game at home this year, 5-0. and 0, So they, they take the game back to Arrowhead. And you've got to fancy the Chiefs. Well, I think, I think when you look at that's another big factor in this thing. You know, the Ravens are going to have to go on the road. Arrowhead's a hard place to play any time of year, but it's particularly hard to play in December when we get to those kind of weather. And, you know, the Chiefs have an awful lot to play for, fellas. They've got to stay. They've got to win this game. This is a, it's not a must-win game like you. if you don't win, you're out of the playoffs, but it's certainly a game that you're talking about seeding. This is a huge, huge game. I think those are the reasons I would go with Chiefs in this match. The points line here, Ben, 53 points. What do you fancy? Because I kind of think it's going to go over, but I'm looking around and we've yeah. been, we were talking off camera and you, you guys are thinking a bit more conservative. I was thinking over, but I think Jeff made some good points about the Ravens' defence and it's getting tense now. Winter football. Look at, yeah, it is. 53 and, and, points. Know, exactly. And, and you look at what <coughs> happened last week. I mean, who in... I mean, there was not a better around. This is why there's so many nice big hotels in Las Vegas, but there wasn't a better around that would have said that the Jaguars and the Colts was going to be a 6-0 game. Yeah. I mean, we're going back to, you know, Mike Curtis with the Colts when they were, it was, and Johnny Unitas was wearing high-top black shoes. <laughs> at, at six and six to nothing, you got to be kidding me. Saints yeah. held to 10 points as well. Like, these teams are starting yeah. to get... Falcons 16 or what, 12 or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, that's just sort of... That's what happens as you get into this time yeah. of year. Let's well, go under. If you fancy a close game, you can have the Baltimore Ravens plus 5.5 at 11 to 10. I quite like that because I think, I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I could see it being, a, being quite a tight, cagey affair. Um, other side of that, Chiefs halftime uh, and Chiefs full-time yeah. is 8 to 11. So if you fancy the Chiefs and you think they're going to romp it, take them both first half and second half. Uh, you can get better odds on that. Fancy that, Ben? Yeah, I do fancy that. Nice. I think it's going to be a touchdown win by at least a touchdown. Do you? Yeah. Jeff, what are you saying? I think it'll be nine points. I really think it's going to be. You're asking Baltimore to go on the road and play that kind of defense again. You're, that's a tall, tall ask yeah. because of you know just the diversity of that Kansas City offense. And Mahomes can make plays when it all breaks down that, that Matt, you know, Matt <coughs> Ryan, that's not, his, that's not his forte. You watched Mahomes last week. He's... He's extending plays and throwing the ball across the field. And the one he hit Kelsey with was like a stupid play. I mean, so, in my mind, that's what makes me like the Chiefs here. Yeah. Well, I think we're going Chiefs across the board. Let's move on <coughs> to our second game, just while Ben chokes in yeah, the corner here. Uh, we've got the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. Big AFC South game. Um, the Colts at 6-6, six and six, Ben. They're still kind of in it. But the Houston Texans ride in a nine-game winning streak and got to be feeling confident with the Colts coming to them. Yeah, they're like the quiet guys of the AFC at the moment. No one's talking about them. They've won nine games in a row. Their defense is looking pretty fierce. The Sean Watson's playing some football. They've got maybe the best receiver in the league. I think we should probably be talking about them a bit more, shouldn't we? Yeah, I think so. They've kind of gone under the radar. And Jeff, I've got in my notes here, Bill O'Brien, coach of the year, do you think? 
I'm not making that one, but I'm going to tell you, because <laughs> in my mind, the guy that's the coach of the year has got to be Pete Carroll in Seattle because of a complete roster overhaul that he went through. You know, you look at that roster, and they just turned it over. The Texans have gotten hot, really hot. And I think the first team ever to start 0-3 and do what they've done. Mm-hmm. But still, they had Deshaun Watson. They had J.J. Watt. They had Winston Merciless. They had Jadavion Clowney. They, you know, they have some outstanding players. And like you said, give me that receiver because he, to me, is the best player in the National Football League at his position. You know, everybody talks about contested catches. You know, when two guys are right there, both of them next to the ball. When he's involved, it's really not a contest because he's going to get the football if it's anywhere near it. I'd love to see DeAndre Hopkins make a make a real charge in the playoffs because he's such an exciting player, Ben. Yeah. And he's, he's one of those players that you look at and you go, you deserve better. You deserve a, a championship game or, or an appearance in the Super Bowl. And with the Texans, we haven't seen that so far. To be honest, the, the AFC South has been so poor yeah. in the last, what, seven, eight, nine years? And, and now the Texans are starting to threatened to be a an AFC contender. Well, I think Lamar Miller's another guy. I mean, yeah. look at that now. He he comes over from Miami in, in a big free agent deal, and he's got two runs of over 90 yards yeah. in his career. There aren't very many guys that can say that. Yeah. He gives them running game. Their offensive line is like a cast of, you know, who, who are those guys, right? But last week, when you watched them against Cleveland, they ran the ball extremely well against Cleveland. And if you can run the ball as we get towards the playoffs, you got a chance, especially when you can play defense like those Texans can. And on the other side of that, Ben, the Colts are 2-1 to one straight up to win this game. Quite, quite long shots. Do you see them having any chance here? I do. I like the Colts. I think I like what they do in offense. I think... Um... Coach called again. Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Frank Reich's had a great season. They look good, but you did make a good point earlier. You showed me the teams they won that streak against, and it's no one of any note. Who are the teams again? Yeah, where are we? Dolphins were the best of the bunch. So the the Colts are riding, or they were riding a five game winning streak before they got stopped by the Jags six nil. Uh, but in the the teams that they beat here, are the Bills, the Raiders, the Jags, the Titans, and the Dolphins. So no better than the six and six. Raiders. Yeah, so they're four and a half points underdogs here. So you get them plus four and a half at ten to eleven. I don't mind it though. I think they'll stick with them. If you get into a shootout with Watson and um, Andrew Luck, number one, that'd be great to watch. And number two, I think if somebody can stick with him, it'll be Andrew Luck. That's why I quite fancy the over 49 points at evens here, Jeff. Now, again, we talked about the, the points and they, they lower as the season goes on, but I see it being a bit of a shootout. I think the Texans will win, and I quite like Texans minus five at evens, but over 49 total points intrigues me. Well, I, again, we're talking also about an offense that put zero points up last yeah. year. So, <laughs> yeah, true. You know, they, they have shown that they can you know, screw it up. Too. Yeah. I, I, I like the Texans here. I think they're on a roll. And again, you know, you look at them and you say, okay, when you when you evaluate a football team, is how good are you at every level on defense? Well, they've got huge playmakers at every level. Tyron Matthew in the secondary, you know, Winston Merciless at linebacker, and then both Clowney and, and JJ Watt. And I think JJ Watt, for me, this is this is a battle of two two guys that are are fighting out uh, the comeback player of the year award, you know, Luck and JJ Watt yeah. in this game. And I think that that uh, the Texans are a better overall football team right now. Yeah, I've got here uh, over twenty-seven point five Texans points. That's at evens as well. I quite like that. And the Texans winning margin, Ben, of one to thirteen points is seven to five. So yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, fancy that. Yeah, Colts over twenty-one at four to five. I've got as well. I think the Colts will score. I know they had a blowout last week. 
big old zip, but I reckon they get up 21 points. And if you want something a little bit more fun, a little bit of an odds boost, we've got the Colts at halftime, Texans at full time. That's at six to one. So I'm kind of seeing a close, close early game, but then the Texans riding high and, and, and out of it. Okay, I like it. Yeah? Good. All right, let's move on to our uh, third game that we're going to preview today. The Rams, the Los Angeles Rams at the uh, Chicago Bears. That's the uh, Sunday night football, 1.20 a.m. Monday morning here, Ben. I haven't said that in so long. It feels, feels <laughs> um, A pair of two first-place teams in their respective divisions. Jeff, who do you see coming out on top on this one? Well, I think the Rams will win. I really do. I, it's hard to win in Chicago. I know that you know the Bears are going to get their quarterback. Trubisky will be back for this game. Uh, you know, I think that when you look at the Rams and you see just how good Aaron Donald is, he is a hugely disruptive force on defense. Mm-hmm. They get in the keep to leave healthy again. I think the Rams are a better, again, overall football team. And, you know, Gurley is. Gurley is just getting it done from a fantasy standpoint and from a running back standpoint. Goff is growing every every game you watch him play. Woods is doing playing extremely well. Their offensive line is solid. This is a better offensive line than the excuse me than the Bears have dominated against. When you look at those those games that the Bears have dominated on defense. Typically, those are against teams that aren't very good in the offensive line. Yeah, you mentioned Gurley there. He had 132 yards, Ben, against Detroit. Um, the, the Bears, on the flip side, are second in rushing defense. So, you know, they've, they've found a system that can stop rushes, but they haven't played Todd Gurley yet. No, and Todd Gurley doesn't just run it up your throat either. He'll, you can give it to him out wide, uh, out in the backfield. You can get him in zone runs as well. It's not just stopping him through the tackles. Uh, Rams are only minus three on the spread, which I don't think is enough. It's crazy. Yeah, to I me. think Rams are going to win this game. How much does weather play a part in this one, though? Because you mentioned it earlier. Well, it's going to play a part, obviously. You know, you, the the stadium that they play in in Chicago is right on the lake, so a, a night game on the lake is going to be cold, and it has the potential to be extremely windy. You know, when you talk to offensive coaches, it's not rain or snow that they worry about; it's wind that affects the game the most because it affects the throwing game. So if it's windy, I think that does play into play into you know the Bears' hands. But this this Rams team has shown great maturity over the course of the season. They've gone into tough places and won. You know they've won in Minnesota. They won at, at places where it's hard to play. And so I think that they understand what's at stake for them. And you know again, with look, they're going to be watching. They're going to be scoreboard watching that Chiefs Ravens game. You can count on it before the game. And then you know again. That could play a huge part in this game because if, if the Chiefs fall, which they may, and the Rams win, the Rams really take a stranglehold on that bye, on that first position. Yeah, Rams are really looking to cement now, aren't they? Cement their place. And the line, points like this is 52 points. And everyone's saying Chicago Bears, great defense. If they can put some pressure on Goff, then he might struggle. 52 points is the high line, but the Rams do tend to score 30 points a game. The Bears have been scoring about 20, so it does, it lends itself to I, over. I, I, might, I might like the under on that. I like under as well. Yeah, because I'm going to tell you something, you know, again, Trubisky's not played in a couple weeks, and so how much rust is he going to have when he goes out there again? And the Rams' defense is getting better each week. If the Rams can force the Bears, when, when the Bears are good is when they're balanced, and if the Rams can jump in front and force the Bears to have to try and run it to win it, then, or excuse me, to, to get into it, 
it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. I want to chuck a couple of stats at you to uh, to try and change your mind. On I want to go over. Because, okay. You want to go over? Yeah, I want to go over because you look at the Bears. The Bears are scoring an average of 28.7 points a game. That's fifth in the NFL. That's pretty That's tasty. a lot. I didn't really realize they were doing that. Yeah, and the Rams are 5-1 and one on the road as well. So, like, we've talked about it before. I know that the Chicago's a different beast, but... The, the Rams have proved that they can do it. Before I would take the over on the Bears, based upon that, that number, that inflated number, I'd want to see what defenses they put those kind of numbers on. Mm. You know, That, I think, is uh, you know, really a, a, some, one, one of those stats you got to look really close at because, again, they play in a, they play in a division where you know, the Lions are kind of up and down on defense, the Packers are struggling on defense, so... Again, strength of schedule has a lot to say in that. Yeah, uh, the the Bears over twenty six point five points is eleven to ten. So if you do fancy the Bears to be putting up some big numbers like me, not like these guys, <laughs> uh, then then that's the one you go to. All right, our last game that we're going to look at here is uh, is Monday Night Football, the Minnesota Vikings at the Seattle Seahawks, one fifteen a.m. Ben, who do you fancy in this? Oh, I like the Seahawks at home. I really doubt the Seahawks, like we were talking about earlier. They were in transition. They weren't ready for this season. They are here to stay. I think they're going to make. They could. If there's one team you want to play in the in the playoffs who are going to be a wild card team at the moment, I think it's the Seahawks. You don't want to play Russell Wilson. They're going to run it at you all day long. Defense is going to be pretty fierce as well. Bobby Wagner's playing well at the moment. He had nearly had a big touchdown um, on interception. Yeah. yeah. Was it on the fumble? The one. The one. Yeah. Took down the sideline. Ninety-eight yards. Yeah. So. They're coming up big now, and I think this is the team you don't want to play, especially at home. You see, I think you are 100% on that, that because if, if, if you're a football guy, you say, hey, listen, you don't want to play a team that's physical in the playoffs, and that is one thing. You watch them play, and they are physical. Russell Wilson is good enough to extend plays and make plays. They've still got Lockett, right? Mm-hmm. They've still got Doug Baldwin outside. Those guys are proven playmakers. I think this Seattle team is a team that will go into the playoffs as a wild card team, but has a chance to make some noise into the playoffs. Yeah, Tyler Lockett, they mentioned, has nine touchdowns this season. David Moore has five touchdowns as well, so he's been contributing. Let's get some quick fire uh, odds for you now. So the Seahawks, minus 3.5 points, Ben, is evens. Over 46.5 total points in this one is 21 to 20 as well. Um, and over 27 Seahawks points is 8 to 5. Yeah, I've got Seahawks 1 to 13 points. The winning points margin at 6 to 4, which I like. Uh, Seahawks over 24, would you say? I said Seahawks over 27, yeah. Oh, I said over 24 at 10 to 11. Okay. I'm going a little bit more, yeah, uh, more out there. I'm going for big points. I feel like you guys have got conservatives. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually really surprised against the Vikings defense that you took 27 over on 27. I feel like the Vikings are a weird team right now. They... I said this a couple of weeks ago that they appear to be a perfect team almost and yet they're not quite doing it. Something's not quite clicking for Minnesota. Well, I think one of the things that will be critical in this game is you saw the comments today by Mike Zimmer about them running the football and he said, I'm not satisfied. We're not running the ball enough. Mm. And so what I hear is that they're going to come out and they're going to run the ball against Seattle. And I think if you look at that, plus Seattle's running the football, that this game will be a lower scoring game than a lot of people think it's going to be. Yeah. If it goes that way, though, if both teams are going to run the football, then surely the money, my money's on Seahawks. If they're both going to come out running. The only way I see the Vikings winning, they've got to run the ball, obviously, but is if Give it to Cousins, go, yeah, Cousins see, goes off and then Diggs go off. But this, to me, is the, is the kind of game that the Vikings are built to win because, you know, when, when you look at the Patriot game, 
you gotta if if you got if you look at the Vikings defense, where where they suspect a little bit, it's their safety's ability to cover. Right? They've got great front guys. They got great linebackers. Now, when you expose Harrison Smith and Zendejo to coverage, that's not their favorite. But when you let them drop into the box and be run players, yes. that's when they're really, really good players. If you fancy this one to be a close game, here's where you make your money. The Vikings halftime, yes. Seahawks full-time, 13-2. to two. That's the big money. <laughs> I'm on that as well. Like and, that. and with that note, I'm going to call it a day there, lads, because there is so much we could talk about. But... We've got to be getting out of here, otherwise we, we get kicked out by the cleaners. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for joining awesome, us once again. every time. It's a pleasure to be here in person, always with you, Ben. Uh, thank you. It's, it's good to have you back as well. Always a pleasure. Um, good luck this weekend. If you're having some, uh, some bets, we, we hope that some of the tips that we've given you will come off for our sake as well as yours. And we'll be back next week to preview week 15. It really is getting close now, gentlemen. Yeah. All right, have a good weekend. Good luck to you, and we'll see you next week.